some people, well, I'll scratch that and I'll say most people, if not all of us, often live in this miserable state of wanting more, reaching a level Mm. and then needing a little bit more, never actually finding that satisfaction. Yeah, never being able to enjoy what has been achieved because as soon as it's achieved, they've got the round of the next thing. Yeah. Is that you in any way? Paul wants to talk about that today in Philippians chapter mm-hmm. four. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm uh, Junior. And I'm Scott, and I'll get started with verse one. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. It's so very intimate in, in the way he cares about these people that he's writing to. Now, now this is where it gets a little awkward because this is the best. <laughs> yeah, I know you love this part. He calls these two women out that obviously have been fighting. It's probably like one sitting on one side of the congregation, the other on the other, and you know people are siding up with one and the other. And and there there are a couple that used to be friends and now they're fighting. And he calls them out publicly. In fact, so publicly that it's been read and studied through the generations. Everybody knows who Udaya and Syntica are, or Christians do anyway. We're going to start doing this at the bridge every weekend. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now I appeal to you, Udaya and Syntica. I've never heard anybody name their, their kids that, their girls that. I didn't know you pronounced them that way. Well, that's I always how said I Yodia it. and Syntiki. Yeah, well, it's probably Udaya and Syntica. But uh, well, Paul's going to appeal whatever. to us to get right? along now. <laughs> Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And it's because you belong to the Lord. Come on, guys. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. So the true partner there is probably the the pastor of the church in Philippi that he's writing this through, who would be reading this letter to the rest of the church. And so Paul's saying, come on, you, you need to help these two women. For they worked hard with me in telling the others the gospel. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are written in the book of life. Again, he just he keeps bringing them back to the spiritual. That the issue is spiritual. It's not what you think it is. The issue is spiritual. And by the way, that could be helpful for all of us in everything that we do. That when you've got these silly little skirmishes with people, the battle is spiritual. This is a spiritual war that's going on. And the evil one, the devil, the devil meaning divider, is always going to work to divide you from other people. And so, uh, recognize it. This is all. Everything is spiritual. And that's what he does with this. He goes, this is, this is a spiritual issue. So verse four, always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's, that's the solution. Instead of worrying, you pray. And, uh, and I, I suggest that when you struggle with worry, the best thing that I've been able to do that helps me is getting on my knees and talking to God out loud, not quietly in my mind, because then my mind drifts off to whatever it is I'm worried about, but out loud, actually talking to God and even risk sounding a little silly if somebody were to walk in the room, but it does the world of good for me. It's actually get on my knees and say, God, this is what I'm worried about and I'm going to trust you with it. So go to him about it. Anyway, instead of worrying, pray. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. That's a big part of it too, is because when you're grateful to God, when you're thanking God also out loud for how good he's been to you, that reminder helps you overcome the anxiety of whatever it is that's bothering you. Then, verse seven, then when you are praying to him about what you need and you're thanking him for everything he's done, verse seven, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I'd like to remember, let's remember the context of this that Paul just a little bit ago talked about two women who are disagreeing. And Paul says, you got to get along. You're, you're mm-hmm. in the faith. You need to get along. Yeah. And then later he says, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Oftentimes when we're in disagreements with people, that can live in our head rent-free. Yeah. And we can have those imaginary conversations. Remember, I'm the only one mm-hmm. who does this. Where you just let them have it, and you win all those argue, you you win all those yeah. conversations. Paul saying, "Don't do that. Instead, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is right. Often, it's believe the best about yeah. them. Think what think what's true about them, what's good about that person. What's well. helped me in times when I've been bugged by something someone has said or done, and 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 just the reminder that no, wait a minute, we're talking about a good person. We're talking about one of God's children, yeah. someone that God really cares about, and that." You know, there, there's no reason in the world why you should be having these negative thoughts. And so instead, if you go, th- in fact, you go through this list and if you start writing these things down, whether it's a disagreement with another person or something that you've got anxiety about and you start asking yourself and actually write these things down, what is true in this situation or true about this person? What is honorable about this person? Or even how can I honor God in this situation? What is right? What is pure and lovely and admirable? Force yourself to think about these things in verse, and uh, he says in verse eight, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. So evidently Paul was living this way. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. And how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, the fact that he was in jail. I know you've always been concerned about me. You didn't have, but, and, and, but you didn't have a chance to help me. Why don't you pick it up in verse 11 then, Junior? Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. And there's the hook right there. Yeah. You just learn to be content is be one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that you could ever mm-hmm. do. It's just to learn to be content. So often we're looking around, even in church, circles, friend circles, small groups about, you know, who has what. To just learn to be the happiest people I know are the people who just enjoy what they have. That English word, actually, you, you can see contained in that word content and it's kind of cool when you think about it because, you know, to be content means that it's what I have. That's what's contained within me that God has given me that this, this is my life and I am blessed to have it and I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big secret to that contentment is just gratitude. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the ones were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you to brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. And by the way, uh, Philippi, which is in Macedonia, is a was a poor area during that time. Yeah. So when he's saying that you were the most generous with me, he was talking about the poorest of them. And that was a were Roman city, right? Yes. Yeah, it was, Philippi was a little bit different uh, kind of a city because it was considered a part of Rome. Uh, I forget what they called that at the time. It was a Rome away from Rome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, and it was, so it was a, it was a kind of a central city in that yeah. area and influential for the rest of Macedonia. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me more than once. I don't, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. 
I'm generously supplied with gifts you sent me, uh, you sent with uh, Aphroditus or Paphroditus. They are sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with you send, send you their greetings, who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Yeah, awesome book. Tomorrow we'll start a new book. Yeah, and we are, and it would, would be interesting because now some of you are new, and uh, that is you've started reading with us in 2024, and we're so grateful to have you. Thanks for joining up with us. I think we doubled, you know, in between the calendar change from 23 and 24 with those that are downloading and listening. But uh, we did, we covered Genesis, which was great last year, and we also, we, then some more New Testament books, and then then we covered Exodus and then some more New Testament books. We're going to be getting into Leviticus now, and that might scare you, but we're going to find it's an intriguing book. It's a book that a lot of people give up on it, after it is. Yep. You know, reading. So the benefit is that we get to read it with you, and we'll do what we can to explain as much as we can as we're going through this with you. So that'll be tomorrow. We're going to get started in Leviticus. But in the meantime, let's get over to our psalm for yeah. today. And, uh, uh, is it Psalm 44? Yep, psalm 44. I love this. David says, I do not trust my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. And he was a warrior. You know, so we're talking about life and death situations when he was at war, but he says it's not, even though he had to use his bow and he had to be the best he could be with his bow, he had to be the best he could be with his sword. So he's not belittling it, but he was saying, that's not where my trust is. My trust is not in my bow or my sword and your trust should not be in your job or, you know, whatever it is that you do. Instead, he says, it is you, speaking to God, who gives us victory over our enemies. It is you who humbles those who hate us. So while we do all that we can, our trust is in God. He's the one. And that he, that's, that's why we need to go to him. That's why we need to focus on him and spend our time with him. That's right. All right. Well, today is actually a very good day to practice. And this is National Compliment Day. Just be intentional at making compliments. Sometimes we're Way too uncomfortable to make a compliment. Or we'll say things like, oh, hey, I don't want to give you a big head. And it's never our job to humble other people. That's, That's right. God's nope. job. No. Nope. Yeah, job and if you're one that to... says that, I don't want to give you a big head, but no, no, just shut up. Don't yeah. say that. Yeah. It's a, just say the compliment. Just say what you're supposed to I say. I always hate when people say, like, oh, yeah. I just want to make sure you're, you know, you're staying humble. Not your job. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll leave I, it to yes. my boss and to my elders. Not you. <laughs> Not you, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had people down through the years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but compliment, speak life. Right. That is our responsibility. That is exactly that right. is what God speak has called us to do. And and I, I will say, like you could change one person's day, you could even change one person's week through, just through simply a compliment. I even saw that in my daughter's uh, eyes last night. You know, we were headed for bed, and I say this periodically, but I didn't realize how much it meant to him when I I said to my youngest, like, "Hey, I'm proud of you," and just to see the look on her face, you know, mm-hmm. it, it meant so much to her more than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. I think the same is going to be true with your coworkers, with your family, uh, with your household. Just be a compliment giver. There's somebody that you're going to talk to today who needs a sincere word of encouragement. So you make sure that you give it to them. All right. Well, hey, make it a good day today. And we'll see you tomorrow in Leviticus. Leviticus.